0: Welcome to another episode of Brandon's Sports Podcast. On this episode, we have a very special guest joining us tonight. Well-known boxing strength and conditioning trainer, Angel Memo Heredia. How you doing, Memo? Hey, man. How are you doing, buddy? Thanks for having me on your your show. Yeah, no problem, man. It's an honor to have you on the show. You know, uh, you have a very big uh, track record as a strength and conditioning coach. And, you know, I just wanted to give you another platform to show the world what you're about.
1: Appreciate it, man.
0: Yeah. All right. So uh, how did it start uh, your career of uh, strength and conditioning? How did you start, uh, you know, doing that? Well, you know,
1: I've been involved in sports all my life, being a former athlete myself. You know, I was involved in uh, different sports and and other activities when it comes to sports, soccer and stuff. So, you know, boxing, it was just something that happened. uh, Eventually, one of my friends called me from Mexico to Sinaloa, asked me to work with a guy that uh, is well-known in the business as well, Travieso Jorge Arce, you know, and, and they caught my attention. They um, wanted me to work with them on uh, on the conditioning basis, you know, because I had already, at the time, I had some some talks with some friends, and I pretty much expressed the facts that, you know, observing a lot of Mexican boxers back then, they were pretty much training so simply. I mean, they were doing the boxing, obviously. It's it's well known, the Mexican technique and everything. But I was referring to the conditioning. And I told him that with my programs, I would definitely get to another level. And that involved, you know, as you know, I'm the first one to pretty much get my boxers to do weightlifting and to do other systems that no one ever applied before. So, Travias Soarce was facing a challenger, a huge name at the time. You know, he was a world champion. He was undefeated with Fredito Vasquez Jr. And I remember the ads were 15 to 1 or 14 to 1. And and it's a, it was a world championship fight. We won the fight. It was a, a result that I expected to happen. A lot of people didn't expect him. They they thought he was already on his way out. He was already a finished fighter. But, you know, obviously, uh, he proved that science and, and well-known training as far as conditioning can do a lot of things for for boxes you know and 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 that's how i started then i started getting calls from different managers promoters i got reached out to uh one of the promoter who uh, wanted me to work with marcus and i expressed i was very interested as well and and that's that's how everything
0: started you know yeah man that's great man i remember rc he was great uh great fighter man and um you know for a lot of people that don't know you know memo is very into the science of you know getting a fighter in great shape with the weightlifting. Talk to me a little bit about the weightlifting because I know uh, a lot of boxers, they use weightlifting, but they do it too much. And then, you know, when fight night comes, they tire out and they gas out easily.
1: Yeah, well, it's about understanding not only the human body, but also understanding how to prepare a training program. Because as you know, you when you're preparing a boxer, you have to know when to pick him. You want him to pick on the right time. You don't want him to pick two weeks before, or you don't want it to be overtrained either. That's why when you, in my case, when I work with boxers, I always got to know the dates so I can sit down before, plan the whole training camp, be able to plan if, do a, what work call periodization where I work different plan works, meaning I do the first phase, second phase, strength, conditioning, blah, blah. So pretty much, I get in the, in the point where I can get my guys in shape, I get them strong, then I'll be able to use that is strength into explosiveness and speed. Obviously, everything has to be carefully done. Otherwise, if you overdo it, then it's a problem. You, you have to understand nowadays, there's a uh, there's a lot of programs or there's a lot of guys that they think in, that lifting weights would give you benefits. Yes, obviously they it does, but you gotta know how to do it. You cannot just go and sit down and start pumping 15 reps or 20 reps. Or, you know, everything is based on, on planification, based on on the number of fibers you recruit, what percentages you're going to be using out of the, the, the I call it the, the, the max lift. And it goes from there. And it's not only weightlifting. Do a lot of plyometrics, medicine balls, among other things that, that would help the boxer not only to get conditioned well, because the condition part is easy, you know. Doing the running and doing the track and all that, but the most important thing for me, it's it's make sure that the boxer gets to every boxing match so strong and powerful and snappy than before. When you combine that with the boxing training plus the conditioning, which is you know also even when you do the we, when we do our runnings per week, we don't do we don't we don't run every day. We never run every day. We have a certain period of time where we run you know, certain, uh, several times a week, and everything is based also on time. We never, it's never based on how long can you run. It's based on time, based on heart rate, frequencies, and et cetera. You know, it's, it's a program pretty much very hard, very, very complete, and obviously every program is different. You got to understand every fighter has different abilities, has different, uh, has some pros, meaning some fighters are quicker, but they tend to fatigue quicker. So you have to resolve that issue by, by implementing a program that it can increase his estimate without losing his explosiveness. So see, this is a tricky part with, with people, if you're not educated to do this, you can just mess up somebody's career. In other words, I seen without mentioning names, there's a lot of strength conditioners that use one program for like 20 fighters. You cannot do that. You cannot do that because every fighter, like I said, has different needs. And you got to go custom training, you know, per area fighters. You want to get them stronger. You want to get them more resistant. You want to get them more quicker. You know, some of them, they're very resistant already. You want to make sure they're explosive. Some of them are already explosive, but they fatigue. Well, you understand what I mean? And it also has to do with, you know, understanding the body how header works. You know, houses about mechanics, houses about chemistry as well. It's very important recovery periods. I mean, there's so many things that you would probably. I would get you confused, but you know that's how that's how we work together, you know make sure that everything is perfectly aligned and everything works by the hand of the trainer as well, which is a very important part for the boxers the, the boxing part as well it goes together, you know what I mean? Good conditioning with a good boxing program definitely creates a, creates a very good environment and not only that, but a very good
0: results. Yeah, man, it's very interesting that you brought up you know you don't want the fighter to peak too early or too late. Cause you know it was showing fight night for sure, and you know people start creating labels that the fighter is not a hard worker or he overtrained. Yeah, and, you and, know.
1: and and also you have to understand. Also, it's very important. What people don't realize is that you have to change a lot of habits. A lot of boxers, I mean, at least in my experience, a lot of boxers I worked with before or I work with now, I have to change a lot of a lot of things for them. You know, had to change a lot of habits. You know like running every day, a certain mileage per day, you know, how to make weight properly without, you know, over wasting yourself on the scale, running the day before the scale, or, you know, the day before the fight, making weight, you know, losing all this nonsense, uh, water loss. And, I mean, there's so many things that you would be surprised what boxers do because, you know, a lot of these boxers believe that going into training for a camp, it's about – just, you know, going into sparring, being heavy 20 pounds, looking sharp in sparring and it's not about that. It's about, obviously you want to look good in sparring because you have to know where you stand as far psychologically, but you also have to understand that you got to be reducing your weight little by little. Have your body, give a, give your body time to compensate, you know, and by the time you get closer to the fire, you can do some other real, you know, small adjustments that will make you on weight without losing all this body weight. I mean, all this water loss, which, you know, going into these terrible dehydration problems. And that's something you don't want to deal with because if you had a, ter- a terrific ham and then you go the day before the scale, lose 20 pounds a week of the fight, then you threw everything away because you might make weight, but still, if you don't rehydrate correctly with the procedures that goes, be, you know, after the waiting, forget about it. Everything that you did, it's gonna go it's gonna go off the windows because I mean you got perhaps maybe the first five rounds where you can actually knock the guy out because obviously your body's gonna is gonna go into a wall. Once you bypass the five six round the other guy comes in shape, forget about it. You ain't going nothing else. Your body's gonna be slow. And that's just talking about the minor issues a fighter experience in situations like this. the other worst part is when they go into coma you know brain inflammation i mean there's so many things that i can go on and on and then like i said a lot of people ask me why is it that every fighter that you work with becomes so strong and even some fighters that were already on the way of retirement come back very stronger now they look brand new well you know it's because i know what i know what i'm doing you know i've been in this business for almost 10 years but before then you know have a two degree and you know different degrees in science. I was an athlete myself. I understand everything I do. It's not, I don't sit down here and just pretty much guess or go into YouTube and look at what they do. No, nothing like that. Everything is based on on science and a strict programming. You know, I have a good team members and everything is great. And you know, so far, we're looking after big fights this year. Unfortunately, you know, we're going to this situation with the coronavirus, but we hope everything will be good soon and, and get back to action,
0: you know. Yeah, man, hopefully, you know, this coronavirus, everyone stays safe. And, you know, we can get back to boxing real soon. Had some very big cards coming up. And I know you had a lot of big fights coming up yourself with fighters that you had. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the Casemiro camp that you had. That was a very important camp that I yeah, man. a lot we of people were, hadn't even noticed.
1: We were having a tremendous camp in Miami, uh, Casemiro. And I was also training um, Rances Bartolome. So he, he's already stepped up the 140 pounder. So they were looking very sharp. You know, Casimiro was supposed to fight April 25th and um and Barthelian was supposed to fight if I recall, on the eighteenth. But you know, because of the whole situation, we had to back off a little bit and, and wait. So now I'm going back to Vegas on, on Sunday to restart camp with Casimiro, which uh most likely he'll fight in July of August. Uh either Eno or somebody else. They're still waiting to bring Inouye into the U.S. If he comes back in the U.S., then obviously the fight is going to be made in the U.S. If not, then Casemiro probably we have a, uh, maybe a, a tune of five or maybe another fight and then go for the big fight. As far as the other guys, well, you know, Pulip is also waiting on the on the fight on the mandatory fight. He's waiting on the whole situation. Everything's pretty much paralyzed, you know I mean? Everything is just stuff for a moment, but it seems like... Uh, uh, some of the promoters already uh, started to move things around, and there 's going to be probably a few dates coming up soon. so I hope some of my guys you know the, most of the guys I have they get big fights so so I would say I would say August maybe the end of July and go from there you know uh, we 're hoping uh, like I said we, we want to make sure that by the time they know a date we 're already in, in in a good condition you know so that 's why i 'm going back to Vegas and start camp kind of with some of my guys because I want to make sure that if we 're given a date we're already at least already in a, in a condition point where we can actually be comfortable
0: and start moving along as we get close to the fighting date, you know? Yeah, man. Um, was going to have a very tough fight in Norway, you know. But a lot of people, they were down uh, Casemiro with the odds and, you know, all the favorites and stuff. But I believe Casemiro's got a good chance of upsetting in Noe. I've been telling but, you. Well, you know, that. think about it. That's, everybody
1: was saying that Casimiro had no, stand, no chance against Tete. Tete was a guy who was undefeated for six years. We knocked him I mean, he knocked him out on the third round. We did a good camp. It was a, a 10-week camp in Las Vegas, and he went out there. I couldn't go to the fight because uh, I didn't have uh, my visa issues, and I stayed behind training with uh, some other guys, you know, Felix Verde and some other guys. But, you know, he went out there, knocked the guy out, shot everybody up. Everybody was shot. So this is, this is, this is something that really drives me. Into into what I love doing, you know. I like to, to that's what they call me, the app changer. You know, I like to, to go into into fighters that a lot of the so-called experts they they pretty much base their, I guess their their assumptions on on stats and you know past wins or loss or whatever. But at the end of the day, there's two guys in the and both of them throw punches. And Casimiro, it's, it's not only. A very aggressive fighter but he punches very hard with both hands and 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 that's you know that's then with me now he's he's going into a phase where you know he's doing conditioning he's running he's sprinting he's swimming he's lifting he's throwing balls medicine balls he's doing all these other things he's never done you know he he told me that he was so he felt so strong with tete i mean that that he just, he, he wasn't, I mean, he told me he was going to knock him out, but he was a little bit surprised he knocked him out early, you know, because he felt so powerful. And I told him that was just the beginning. And, and and this is what, the same thing, this is the same thing that happened to Marcus. When I started working with him, going into the third and the fourth fight with with Manny Pacquiao, Marcus has always been a great, uh, great athlete himself. You know, he's always been very consistent when it comes to training uh, and boxing. But you know, the condition he was doing, he was just, I call it old fashioned—you know, running the mountain, you know, doing pretty much just running and doing the boxing thing. So when he started doing this conditioning thing, you know, uh, weightlifting, things that he never did you know, he felt the change automatically. He said, man, I feel feel young again. I feel very strong. And that's what Casimiro was feeling then. he's feeling now, you know, I and mean, he feels comfortable at what we're doing and he feels confident that he has a chance to really knock on I mean, I truly believe in my heart that Casemiro has the power to, to say bye-bye to Inouye pretty much. I don't – I never doubt any of my guys because, I mean, if you look at all my records, I mean, most of my guys that make – Tremendous upsets every time and every time every time Memo was there. I mean, I don't want to say something I'm just saying what people say about me. I'm, I'm you know, you know, me, I'm very very simple. I'm not another I'm, I'm not a cocky guy at all But a lot of people say, you know memo when you got your fighters there We know things gonna be more complicated and it is and it's not Because I'm in the corner but because the guys they train in differently they're adjusting differently. They're doing things differently in, when it comes to conditioning. Obviously in the boxing, sometimes they make changes when it comes to trainers. And they adjust pretty well, you know, pretty well as well. So like I said, everything is on the right path for Casimiro. Now it's up to him to come up there and and do his job. And know, well, he's a great fighter. But frankly, you know, uh, you know, what's his name? Uh, Nonito did him a good job. I mean, it was a good fight. Obviously, both are great fighters, but hey. There's a lot of flows that I saw that night, and I don't think Lami. me. I think a lot of the coaches saw the flows. that are open, and I think Casimiro knows that too. So he's gonna, he's gonna come there to fight. Trust me. Two ta- two things gonna happen, you know. Either Inoue gets knocked down, or Casimiro gets robbed.
0: Simple. Man, your track record is proven, man. And, and for the people that don't know, you know, Memo was a key member in that Juan Manuel Marquez in, uh, famous knockout of Manny Pacquiao. Talk to us a little bit about that camp that you had with uh, Marquez during that time.
1: Well, you know, it was a long camp. It was approximately 16, 17 weeks in Mexico City, good altitude training, you know, a lot of weightlifting. For the first camp, we did around 14 weeks, or no, it was 13 and it was it was a third fight with Pacquiao, so it was a, a decision that it was polemical. At the end of the day, he got the fourth fight, and it was a harder and longer training camp. You know, pretty much me, my father, and Nacho and Stein and Juan discussed the fact that they didn't want to go, they didn't want to have the judges make the decision. This time, they wanted to knock him out. So I said, okay, for that reason, then we have to do, I have to design a program that is going to not only increase your power punching, but it's going to increase your your leg, your chin, your everything. So, you know, he did everything, he worked hard with me, with Nacho, and the result just, just landed right there in the night, you know, a full-minute knockout that uh, a lot of people never expected Pacquiao to, to be dropped. You know, he was dropped twice, not only once, but twice. And yeah, we know Marcus was hurt in the fifth round, but when it came to the sixth round, he was already recovered. And that's the uh, that's one of the things about you can tell when a boxing train's is right. He can recover quick. You can have a guy perhaps being hurt three or four rounds, and now a sudden comes on stronger. And that's part of the uh, recovery process. The minute they have in the corner, recovery. You know, it, it's it, like I said, it's a science behind all this. And obviously, obviously, a boxer, all these will never be will never be useful if the boxer doesn't do what he does in the ring, in the boxing, you know. They don't like to lose. They don't like to walk around. they warriors. They go out there and they do the best they can. You know, and Marcus showed the night on hard. Pacquiao too. He did a tremendous fight. I asked Marcus how he felt with Pacquiao. He said Pacquiao was very strong the night too. He was hitting very hard. So, but, You know, it was a great training camp and, and everything worked out good for, for Juan. He did a good fight. Pacquiao did a good fight too. He was he was doing real good rounds, too. But this is boxing, you know. Boxing can end in any minute. I mean, you can be winning 12, 11 rounds, and you can lose the last round. by knockdown. That's just how
0: it is. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, one thing that stood out for me with that Marquez camp,
1: was it true that he, uh, that he drank his urine? I stopped that for him. You know, when I came in his camp, I stopped that. That's a long time ago. This is when he did it in the first and second fight with here. When I came in, I told him oh, to throw God. that shit away. That doesn't work. Okay. So he was doing it prior to your arrival. Yeah, yeah. When he came in, none of the stuff ever happened. I told him that's the first thing he had to let go. You know. So, like, is there a reason behind that? Well, you know, I asked him who told him, and at the beginning he said it was a doctor. Then I told him who told him, and and I believe he told me it was a neurologist. And I said, look, I explained to him that you know what was the purpose behind it and what would possibly be the benefits of it. And I told him it wasn't worth it. You know, that's what this time or era, we have supplements to, you know, to recovery, to use, you know, he was telling me that whatever his body was not absorbing, that he could reabsorb it again. But I really told him that wasn't wasn't a scientific, really appropriate protocol that I would work along with because there's a lot of toxins as well. You'll be introducing to your body as well. I mean, there's so many things that can go on and on. So I told him that's something we had to stop and explaining why the use of supplements, recovery, You know, for example, in his case, we did, you know, I did the training, you know, going a month to coming back and forth. We did it. He posted training. I mean, so many good things. And uh, like I said, everything worked out. And he, you know, one thing about him, he listened to me. He always listened to everything I said. He never once questioned me anything. He pretty much said everything. You know, he was a very good, excellent student. And because he, as we were coming along the, the training camp through the weeks, you know, he was started noticing his recovery and he was started noticing his, his strength coming along very good. His parents were telling me, Man, this guy's getting stronger, and, and we're not even on a speed stage up here. And I said, Yeah, you know, he's gonna be stronger and quicker. So every time he had sparring days, I would ask his parents, the sparring them that see a lot of, a lot of um, boxers can tell you how they spar or how they felt they sparred. But me normally I always talk to the, the guys doing the sparring with because they the ones can tell you if the timing is getting better, the speed is getting better, all these power punching is getting better, you see what I mean? So like I said, he was getting stronger and by the time we got to the last two, three weeks towards going in Las Vegas he was already ready to go. He was ready to go, going into speed phase and and pretty much just excited for for his fight and
0: and they did great, you know. Yeah, man, Marcus is a very, uh, very good fighter, man. It's very underappreciated, I think, in that era. You know, uh, Mayweather, Pacquiao, you know, and all those guys. A lot of people forget him.
1: But you have to understand, you know, boxing. It's, I mean, how many? I mean, how many things we've seen? I mean, look at Ugas. I mean, I don't say this, but a lot of people, the best judges in boxing, it's the people. I mean, obviously, sometimes. People can be biased because you know that's his fighter, or, or because that's his friend. But when you really ask a lot of people, you know, when Ugas fought Porter,
0: oh, he, he won, won that fight, fight to me. Fight. Sorry you to know cut you mean, off.
1: Porter couldn't do nothing. You know, I mean, Ugas had him so strong. Ugas even dropped him. He dropped him, there, him in the twelfth. Also, when the referee played the the blind game, you know, call it a I mean, it was incredibly a robbery. So you're going to see things like that. I and mean, why? I mean, I don't want to say or want to believe that things were. Uh, but, you know, with things like that happen, I mean, it just makes you. Makes you like From this case, Uga's now he wants a rematch. He's working harder. He's supposed to have a mandatory fight. None of the fights happen yet. I don't know why. But, you know, you see things like that. You know, you see a lot of good fighters go up there and, and, and pretty much win fights and they get robbed. Or the, uh, let's not call it a rob, they just call it a bad decision. A
0: political decision. Yeah, say. you know,
1: and like I said, as long as this is an appreciative sport, decisions can be one way or the other, you know, and, and it's not, like I said, that happens a lot. And Marcus, I think, in the first fight, you know, I asked him, I asked him why he got dropped three times the first fight. He told me, man, because, you know, we didn't know anything about Pacquiao. We didn't really take him serious. I mean, I trained hard, he said, but I didn't know much. Nacho didn't know much. You have to understand, but then there wasn't that much YouTube videos. There was, you know, it was hard to study a fighter. And Nacho even told me, you know, we didn't, we knew about him, but we didn't know exactly how an animal was. And we, he said, you know, Mike, said, every time I hit him, I heard him. He came back to me harder. And he was able to adjust well after that the three knockdowns in the first round. But, you know, after that, Pacquiao was having issues, was having difficulties adopting to Marcus, that kind of punching, you know. So pretty much on the third, five, and fourth, he was more about, you know, refighting Pacquiao on a, cert- on a different weight division. So Marcus wasn't uh, was a disadvantage because he was from a smaller weight division. So, for the third fight, we wanted to be stronger, wanted to maintain his speed and a heavier weight division. So, we did that, and, and in the fourth, we did that. So, you see, uh, Pacquiao well, couldn't adjust in the third fight. To me, we won the fight, and I think a lot of people saw we won the fight. But, you know, the rematch was was made, and, and then that's it. But I think it has to do with, I mean, Pacquiao is is and he's one of the best ever. I mean, no matter what people say he's the best ever in history. He's a legend. And he's the favorite in the house For sure, I mean uh, this is I mean I like Floyd. Floyd is another legend and that definitely people love. I mean I like Floyd. You know I like Pacquiao. Those are guys that if you know boxing, even if you're not involved in boxing and you know Pacquiao and Floyd, that means you know boxing. <laughs> you understand? That yeah. means you know who the real guys are. But, you know, th- that's decisions that happen to most. Sometimes you got to live with them and got to move on. And and that's the re- that's one of the reasons why I prepare my guys very strong so they they can they can have the tool, you know, during a fight to be able to drop the guy out and perhaps knock
0: him out, you know? Yeah, man, for sure, man. All right, let, uh, talk to me a little bit about the guys that you're working with right now. I know you got a loaded roster. You got uh, your Dennis Ugas. You got Felix Verdejo. You got the Barthelomies. You got, uh, I believe, you still have Jean Pascal. I'm not yeah. mistaken. You know, just talk to me a little bit about these guys and what they have in the well, future. Any uh, dates?
1: Uh, they, I believe, Felix still waiting on the dates. Jean still waiting on the dates as well. Pascal. Uh, we know Cobratis uh, uh, in Bulgaria are waiting for the new dates, and then my understanding is yeah, he's Pulek coming of, back to uh, the US to do camp in Las Vegas. So that's what he told me just recently. As far as Bartholomew is also waiting on the dates. You know, he's supposed to fight, he was supposed to fight for the world interim title. So now that's postponed. Ugas is also waiting. Everybody's just pretty much waiting around to see what the new dates are. And like I said, there's uh there's all the guys that I just added to my to my stable that I was surprised would we'll get the names later on. So like I said, uh yeah, yeah names. big names definitely. So, so like okay, I said, I, you know, the only reason I don't disclose them now is because you know I want to make sure get everything is formally done. once it's done, then yeah. I can be able to talk about it. Because you know, you gotta give them the the right for them to announce it. I don't want to announce any of that. Some people don't. I don't know if you know, but some fighters they don't like to announce anything, and I don't like to announce it either. as Well, it's kind of like a surprise. Sometimes you see me in the corner. Yeah, it's and, better. Like that. you didn't know I had the guy, but I had the guy. And the guy upset the other guy. <laughs> you understand what I mean? Or it's it's kinda like a like a mind game, if you understand what I mean.
0: Yeah, man, it's better like that. Keep everything looking, key it. man, until it's finally announced and That's right, rolling. man. Uh talk to me a little bit about Felix Verdejo, you know, his progression under you and you know, a lot of us as Puerto Ricans, we had high hopes on him and I, I personally still have hopes in him. You know, but a lot of people have given up. Just talk to me a little bit about his career. Well, Felix, you know, I,
1: I was very shocked. I know Puerto Ricans, they're very tough when it comes to they support you the way and sometimes when they don't, they criticize you hard. And I'm talking about the media. I'm not talking about the fans because, you know, the fans had every right to be upset. I guess, you know, what what, what happened to him and accident anyone, anyone can have an accident, but it was more than that. He, I think he he mentioned to me he, after the accident, he was, he was struggling coming back, getting his rhythm back. He wasn't really focused on on things. But, you know, but when you really, when, when I got the job with him, I, I, I got a call from Bob Adam and Ricky. At the time, Ricky was his trainer. And, and, you know, I, I always had, me, be, even before me knowing Felix, I, I always thought he was a great fighter. I kind of liked the kid, his style. He was very quick, fast, you know, very explosive. It's something that I like about fighters, you know. So when I, was, when I started working with him, people keep, you know, all the stuff that I was reading, people keep saying and media keep saying that all these uh, undisciplined issues, blah 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 blah, 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 But at the end of the days, when I met the kid, that guy works hard. He listens to everything. You know, you tell him. He does everything you tell him. He never questions you. And he keeps hard training. I think that a lot of the things that that, that happened to him was when he lost to the Mexican guy. I uh, can't remember his name. Yeah, he, Yeah, him. A good kid from Tijuana. He, you know, the whole situation with him at the time. He lost weight too much, you know. He tried to lose weight too fast, try to make weight, and he didn't recover well. He told me that, yeah, I was there, man. Yeah, His he legs were done like the fourth, like, round, the no fourth round, and he was still surviving. But he said he had no power and speed. And I and I saw the fight, and I was like, shit, What's wrong with this kid? So, when I was hired to do my work with him, you know, I was very pleased, you know, to work with the kid. Obviously, now he made adjustments. They, he, he decided to move to Vegas, train with Salas, and I'm still working with him as far as conditioning. <clears throat> he's getting there. He's getting better. Obviously, he's readjusting, not in the conditioning part. In the conditioning part, he's always going to get, you know, we, we're going to get better and better as we go. Now he's lifting weights. You know, the first two camps, we couldn't do lift weights because, you know, he had a problem on his wrist, and we had to go, not with the basic stuff, but we ha- had to implement a training program to get him stronger, quicker, and durable. Because Felix is very fast but he fatigues very quick. So you had to know how to proportional work on a program where he can be quick, explosive and maintain his rhythm through the ten or twelve round fire. You understand? So for yes. so the last time we worked on his uh, on his a lot of a, you know, the weight lifting and he feel comfortable but he's readjusting on a new training system that Salas is providing, which everybody knows it takes time. I mean, you don't need to be a a, a magic scientist to understand the fact that it takes time for someone to adjust to a new style. Puerto Rican boxing is beautiful. It moves around, throws punches moving, lateral movements. I mean, it's beautiful when you see a good Puerto Rican boxing style. Cuban style is more, it's a little bit typical like that, but also Salas stays more in the center and exchange more. For that matter, Felix is adjusting with the combinations. And once he gets it done, yeah. he'll be out there. You know, he'll be out there. He'll be, he'll be a good boxer because he has a good, uh, good heart. He can, he's dedicated. I can assure you that 100%. He trains hard. He doesn't drink. He doesn't party. He, he was in Vegas in the last game. He was there with us. And he, he trained hard. You know, he, don't, he didn't go out there just to chill. He was really doing, and it was a short-notice camp. It was a six-week six, week, a six week camp. We didn't have much time because he was supposed to fight. I remember before two weeks before the day fight, and then they gave him a day. So I had to work with what I had, something that I wasn't really yeah. comfortable with because, you know, six weeks, pretty much it was a seven-week, but, you know, you got to deduct the week of the fight. So six weeks. That is not something that I want. Never. But sometimes you get that. Because you know, there's nothing you can do. You get hired in the middle of camp, and they call you. And you go, and it's up to the me to decide to take the fight or not. With him, it was a good camp. Now, hopefully, uh, he gets a date on time, he gets to Vegas, and we do a good, uh, at least a minimum, at least 10, You know, like nine weeks would be perfect, plus a week of the fight. So he's gonna be out there. I just tell, I just want you guys to tell you be patient with the kid. You know, I know it's there's a lot of criticism. People don't understand boxing they never gotten in the ring to throw a punch but they the ones that criticize the most. You know? And yeah. and it is what it is. This is a sport. And and opinions are always gonna be you know, some good, some bad. But as far as everything else, discipline, heart, training, he's there. He says he feels happy, motivated, he's thought he was born. He's uh trying to make adjustment in his life, his career. And hopefully things with just pretty much is now See how big fights he gets. See if he gets good fights, when he fights again. And the key of him, I guess, in my opinion, is to keep him consistency fighting.
0: Three fights a year minimum. Yeah, he can't have long, long layoffs. Long
1: layoffs is it's not good for
0: him. That's what happened when he was, you know, back in Puerto Rico. He had a long layoff after the motorcycle yeah. action. He yeah, lost yeah. Right it's difficult
1: that. to get back in the rhythm, get on timing, distance, sparring. I mean, you know, when we fought, uh, when he fought um, the... Um, Costa Rican guy, what's his name? Um, yeah, Vasquez. We had a good camp, but he didn't have much sparring. He did maybe four or five sessions of sparring, the most, because you know. Yeah, physically, he, a, he, a, he looked very well physically. He I mean, he had an injury on his on his on his hand, so we couldn't really spar. But people don't understand that. So when he went up there. The guy, the Costa Rican guy, is very solid, strong, and he was able to sustain. very awkward yeah, he was also. There, You know, he did a good fight. You know, you know he was criticized a lot because blah blah blah. At the end of the day, there's things, there's situations where the fans don't know, and they don't need to know. You understand? There's things that happen in camp, yeah. and and injuries can happen, muscle pulling, bone injury, anything. But you know, you can say, say oh, will disclose that when it comes to... So, as far as Felix, like I said, he gets the right timing, the right training, the right number of fights per year. He's going to be up there. No doubt. Yeah, man. I was at his
0: last fight, January 18th in Verona. I went up there, and uh, he looked good, man. The stamina was there. Your con- the conditioning was good. I just thought he had to adjust to Salas, like you said, You know, throwing a little bit more combinations, more the boxing style, Yeah, that's... You know? Because the condition yeah, no, was he good. He
1: felt good. It's just that he couldn't. He, he saw the video and he he was he was this what it. Because I usually talk to the guys after the fight and like I give him a couple weeks and I call him see how he felt and you know sometimes after a fight you can talk to him but you know their mind is they're not there. So he said he felt good, you know, good condition. It's just that he he thought he could be throwing more punches but he wasn't. He was the fact like you said he was adjusting to the new, biomechanics. mechanics and and Silence is doing a good job. He's uh. Is rewinding his watch. In other words, that's what I call it. It's reprogramming his muscle. You know, when it comes to condition, you do what is called. Sometimes you can reprogram muscle memory, you know, and, and, and it's easier to get in condition that way when you got a guy who's already been active. For example, when I go back to Casemiro, even though he's been rested for four weeks, he's getting in shape quicker than normal because, you know, he has a muscle memory. We had already in camp, blah, blah. And when it comes to... Felix, Salas is reprogramming his movements. You know, he's, he's doing certain exercises that help him not only to, to regain his biomechanics, his positions, you know, his feet positioning, his hips. I mean, things that has to do with, uh, uh, with biomechanics. And when you do your biomechanics right, that also increases your power punching and also increases the ability to be in the right position. You can come out with different combinations. So I really hoping that when everything click on his on his end, when it comes to boxing you know, boxing uh training and, 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 and biomechanics, everything will click together with the conditioning program. He's gonna get stronger than then we gotta have a Felix. Hopefully we'll be fighting any of those big guys, maybe Lopez, any of those guys. Because you know, whatever people said, Felix is a contender, you know, he's up there, people wanna see him fight. You know, people, you know, Felix is a very likable kid. You know. He brings crowds and
0: Yeah, he's a ticket seller, you know, for a top rank and that's you know a very important aspect to the business of the Definitely.
1: And I like I said, I, I really like the kid. He's a good friend of mine. I really care about the kid and I really trust the kid and I know what he's capable of doing. I mean I, I've been around professional athletes all my life, you know, as a former athlete, also as a as a professional. And I seen a lot of qualities. Athletic ab- abilities Felix has is, is enormous. He's beaten all my records when it comes to conditioning and track. He's been on my records and you know he's real fast. He has it amazing abilities. So like I said, once he clicks everything in one piece, then you to have a monster out there.
0: And that might be coming soon. Yeah, no, I think a lot of you people, know? a lot of people are sleeping on <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah,
1: but he's good. Sometimes when people think that, let him sleep on it. And it's easier for any of those guys to come up and and up there believe that, you know, Felicity was a big name, it's finished, whatever. But, hey, when it comes to fine night, you're going to see a monster. And that's it.
0: You for know. sure, man. For sure. Well, momo I think we're going to wrap it up here. Anything you want to say to your, uh, your followers? Shout no, out. man. Just stay safe. Stay home. Take
1: precautions. Hopefully this coronavirus goes that way soon and hopefully um, we go back to action and thank you for for your support and
0: and you know stay put thanks a lot man and i appreciate you for have, for coming on the show no man. problem man Anytime. stay safe and you know hope get boxing soon